coming off the top of the cage it is the top of the cage podcast back from our holiday break juice made it safe back from seattle i am bill and as i said i am always joined by my tag team partner the one and only juice cannon justin what's going on juice how was our how was the break for you it's good, it's, it, but it's good to be back. Uh, I miss recording, miss talking to wrestling. Uh, a lot happened while I was gone. We'll talk a bunch of that tonight. So I'm excited to get back to it, to top of the cage. As am I. And I say we just jump right into it. And probably the biggest story that broke right at the end of 2021, AEW only had about, what, six hours, maybe? to uh, not have anything controversial happen in 2021, but alas, something did. And that was a tweet from Tony Khan regarding uh, Big Swole and some comments she had about the company as well as her release. Juice, you want to talk a little bit about that? Big Swole, just they had, the company had a big diversity problem. They weren't pushing um, talents of other races and um, backgrounds uh, that much. And Tony Khan tweeted about it and said, oh, that's not true. Here's a bunch of people that won recently. And then he said, oh, me and another producer are brown. And he said, oh, Big Swole was released not because of her background, but because her wrestling was not up to standard for AEW, which obviously received a lot of backlash because that's not, not something you should say. I think Big Swole's talented. I don't think that was the issue. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough topic to talk about. I do think they have a diversity problem. If I'm being perfectly honest, that's my opinion. I think they're getting better. I think Jade winning the TBS title is huge. And I think that was who I was leaning to and hoping would win. And she did. And she deserves it. And I think that will be a good step to solving the issue. But there is an issue. I mean, he says uh, he named like seven people that won recently. But um, a lot of those people, I don't really remember winning. Like Anthony Bowens loses a lot more than wins. So does Caster, especially on TV. They win plenty in dark but not on TV. And that's, that reaches more people. That's more important. Hopefully Tony Khan keeps getting more people involved. Like I don't think Will Hobbs is enough. I don't think Scorpio Sky is used enough too. And that's, a, that's someone that definitely should. I think, I mean, I know he's a former tag title champion, but I think he's also a guy that should be used in the main event feuds. For He should be have a couple more world title matches. He should be used in the TNT title picture more it's a guy that should be used more and there's a lot of other people that i didn't mention and they should sign some more too they signed jay lethal recently they should sign gresham that would be a huge step too and uh that's that's enough for me no i agree uh my my initial reaction to it was tony why the fuck did you tweet that it's it was a weird tweet like it was just strange i saw somebody comment this is a good thing that vince mcmahon doesn't actually monitor his own twitter because imagine some of the things that vince mcmahon would probably say i'm not going to say he would say i'm going to say he probably would say regarding you know a fan having backlash over a match or having backlash over a certain person being pushed over not being pushed and you know tony's been great tony has been really good in terms of you know pr moves and everything but this was just a strange one in terms of a diversity problem you know Kind of like what you're saying. A lot of the people that he mentioned are are almost underutilized in a sense or aren't people who are prominently featured on the program. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a, a, a bad thing. 
because at the end of the day, wrestling is wrestling. You know, if, if you're a good wrestler, you'll get on. If you're not, you're not. And I think that's kind of where the only thing about Tony's tweet, right? I don't want to say I agree with him, but if he is the boss of the company and personally thinks that Big Swole was not good enough to be in the company, I, I think that's a valid enough reason for her to be let go. But you should never say that. You should never say, I released you essentially because you suck. You know, that's the wrestling world has always been like that. And maybe that's some carny bullshit, but the wrestling world is kind of carny bullshit. They, it was at least built off of it. So do I agree that they have a diversity problem? I would say yes. And the wrestlers that he mentioned in that tweet definitely were interesting to say the least. But in, in regards to him saying that thing about Swole, again, I don't think it was the right thing to say, but I don't necessarily think that him thinking that way is, is a horrible thing. I understand it's business at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's a business decision. If he didn't think Kara Wrestling was at the bar, that's his opinion. He just shouldn't have combat what she said because she is a right to opinion and uh, what he said was just it's not good that's not something you say that's something that you just keep yourself <laughs> to at least bring a positive light to AEW for a second here we had a couple interesting developments within the tbs title tournament itself and a certain woman's wrestler getting signed juice who was that woman's wrestler uh, mercedes martinez at the end of Thunder Rosa Jade match. Um, well, she helped, you know, she helped Jade. She attacked Thunder Rosa. Definitely a feud I want. Mercedes is one of the most underrated woman wrestlers out there. She's a seasoned veteran. I wish it worked out with NXT because she has some great matches there. She just wasn't used enough. And um, Impact, she's had some great matches recently too. I'm excited to see what, I hope, I hope they use her a lot. I hope they push her a lot. Um, I hope she's a frequent face. I mean, well, by face, I just mean like a face we see a lot, not a good guy. I, I do like heel Mercedes more than face Mercedes. Yeah, I'm really excited for Rosa and Martinez too. That's going to be technical masterpiece. I hope it's a long feud that full of lots of different matches, kind of like the one we're getting with Serena Deeb and Riho right now. But they just mix up a little bit maybe add a little more stipulations like i'd love to see another i'd, I'd love to see uh, thunder rosa get another hardcore match in saint patrick's day special but this time against martinez make it kind of like a tradition like a woman's hardcore match in the saint patrick's special and i'm not saying always have thunder rosa but like the first two definitely <laughs> She's definitely a good person to be building that tradition off of, that's for sure. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think that in terms of, of badass women in AEW, I think that Mercedes is a great addition to that roster. I think that AEW is, is doing very good at sneakily starting to make their women's roster better. I know that that's also been a complaint people have had about AEW is that their women's roster was lacking talent, but with a lot of the released wrestlers and with a lot of people who are just available now in terms of women in the wrestling business, you know, there's no reason for them to try and go out and not sign all these women. I mean, I think that Mercedes Martinez is going to be a beast. I think that she definitely has at least a TBS title run in her. I know that she is, like you said, a seasoned veteran. So, uh, you know, focus on younger talent compared to talent that's getting a little bit older, I'm sure is a big thing with an AEW, especially seeing guys like Adam Page holding the title right now, going and winning matches against veterans like Daniel Bryan. 
Um, you know, I think AEW has a good eye towards the future. And I think that Mercedes Martinez is just going to be a great way to get a lot of those girls action against a seasoned veteran who can go. Yeah. And one person I am that's definitely going to clash has Mercedes at one point, I think will help her grow a lot as a wrestler is Ty Conti. I think their styles will blend really well. And I think Mercedes will be a great mentor for her. And I think they could have a really good, really fun rivalry too. And um, they're definitely each on each other's radars for quite a while. Now they're in the same place and they can do it, even though, I mean, they could on the 80s. I'm sure they did. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited the possibilities for Mercedes Martinez in AEW, match-wise, story-wise. And I think she's finally found the place that really, really flourish. I thought Impact could have been that place. It was, but she was more like a, Social appearance type of person there, like they weren't going to sign her long term, or maybe they were. The AW just <laughs> poached, but um, I'm excited to see what Martinez did does. The next segment is uh the releases that happened WWE both uh, yesterday and last week. We'll start with the one last week while I was away. Tony Storm was released. It was said that she asked for her release, and it's a bummer because she was kind of in the middle of a push. My prediction for her to land is stardom. I think she wants to go, maybe go back to Japan, be close to fiance Juice Robinson. And also, she had a lot of fan support in the UK and in Japan. So I think that'd be a landing spot. Obviously, AEW is like where I, as a fan, I'd like to see her go the most because I don't really watch stardom at all. And it's, it's great. I know this bunch of classics and all. And But I watch AEW Weekly. I don't watch Stardom really at all, to be honest. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping she goes to AEW or Impact. Probably more so AEW. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker would be... That's Dream Match. And our buddy uh, Kyle, shout him out, um, said that. And I totally agree with that. That's definitely something I want to see. Among so many other matches. Yep, Tony Storm is out of WWE. Yeah, I think it was weird. I I saw the news and thought, wow, WWE released her. That's crazy. But then when I saw everything coming out about her asking for it, I was like, that makes a little bit more sense, I guess. Kind of like what you were saying. It's It seemed like she was at least slotted to start having some big wins under her belt. And here she is now a free agent. I wish Tony nothing but the best. I think that she is a great wrestler. I think she has a great look. She is a great person in general. I think whatever company she does end up landing with will do very well with her behind it. I think it's interesting to hear that stardom is, you know, a big place for her. Hopefully, you know, with her having a big following in the UK and obviously in Japan with stardom. Hell, she even had a pretty decent following in the United States as well. I mean, maybe it'll get more eyes to stardom. Some of the great women's talent that they have over there. We'll just get built higher, put on a higher platform. I mean, hell, we're all about wrestling, no matter what the size of the promotion, where the promotion is, or what they do. We're all about wrestling being great. So many different flavors of wrestling for different people. And I wish Tony nothing but the best and hope that we can see her on AEW television, at least for a one-off. Give us a couple big matches. And then she goes to stardom or wherever she may go and does as good as she can possibly do yeah she just adds to the list of uh 
woman free agents that I'm just waiting and desperately really want to see where they land. Like Tegan Knox is one. She's one. Scarlett's one. Mercedes was, but now she's she's off that list, which is good. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone. But yeah, I, I just can't wait to see where Tony and the, the other two I mentioned land. And yeah, it's exciting time to be wrestled. Like the, all the possibilities of debuts and appearances in so many different companies. And now there's so many more options. It's just awesome. So now I go a little um, in the release that happened yesterday that it's kind of tougher to have like a positive spin, especially one of them. Um, William Regal, Road Dog, former writer for NXT and former lead writer of SmackDown was released and uh, referee was released to Road Dog's brother. And I think I'm missing one other person. You know, four people released yesterday from like NXT. But those, those are the three big ones, especially William Regal. William Regal is the biggest one. I'll probably focus on that one because I feel like that's the most impactful. I'm not happy about it. I thought he'd be in WWE, you know, until he retires. And he was just such a good general manager. And I hope, I hope he goes somewhere where he can be that role again. Like, I think that's something AEW is missing like a GM and I'd love for them to sign him as their GM and have him be that role and just, he can't yell war games. Like this year, like one of the biggest things that I was less, I, I was still excited for war games, but less excited because I never got the William Regal war games. And like, I didn't, I'm like, this isn't war games. I didn't hear William Regal yell war games. So it's not war games. <laughs> It's just a bummer. Like, I love him as a wrestler. I love him as GM. He's the best. I'm just, this is really sad. Like, this is one of the releases that hit me the most. Yeah, and just the outpouring of support he got over social media as well. So many people were tweeting things like, why release William Regal? William Regal was the reason why I was a champion. William Regal is the reason why I'm in WWE. William Regal is this. William Regal is that. His mind for the business is just actually unparalleled. It seems at least he, like you said, he played that GM role so well and he's just a savvy veteran, always knew just what to do, where to be, what to say in the wrestling ring and outside of the wrestling ring, just in the world of wrestling. And it's just so interesting. It, I saw somebody tweet today, or maybe it was a post on Instagram too, saying that it almost seems like WWE is just clearing out all the Triple H guys. You know, it, it seems like NXT has just been gutted from the inside out, essentially, at this point. I mean, I don't know how many people are left from, like, I don't want to say OG NXT, but, you know, more towards the, the middle to end of NXT compared to NXT 2.0 now starting. It just seems like maybe WWE is truly trying to go with, like, a new, more fresh take on NXT 2.0 with having new eyes on the product. But at the same time, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why Why get rid of William Regal? And I would say Road Dog too at that point. Two great minds for the business. Why let another company, why let somebody like AEW or Impact, somebody who, two companies who are on the heels of WWE starting to get a lot more popular, starting to get a lot more wrestlers in there that can be a big name, big draw. And you're just letting these companies have your guys. Because where else are they going to go? 
you know, like, yeah, they can go to smaller promotions and start having the smaller promotions. But if you have money like AW and money that impact could probably put together for having one of those two guys being regal or, or even road dog in hell man, like fucking do it. Like if, even if he's, it's like the Mark Henry and big show thing too, for AW, like both great brand ambassadors, both guys who are been there and back in the wrestling world and two guys who can just offer so much to the young wrestlers and throwing regal in that mix i mean those are three guys if i'm a young wrestler or a wrestler kind of on the rise i would love to pick those guys brains they probably know more about wrestling than i could ever learn about wrestling i don't get it that one that one like you said juice sour taste in my mouth very upset about it but i hope for regal road dog and everybody else involved that you know they can land on their feet and I know we were saying it's not as positive, but I know wherever they go, they're going to be appreciated and they're going to be in the role they deserve to be in. Yeah, especially Regal. I hope, like I said, I hope it's GM role, but also he was like the head of recruiting and obviously he did a very, very fucking good job. <laughs> so, um, like, if if he gets a role like that, that's kind of – I hope, I hope like, behind the scenes he does because AEW has a guy like that. Like, they're going to – the amount of, like, young talent or talents from – that they're going to land just because of Regal is is going to go up even higher. Like, they already do a good job bringing people, but I feel like them getting stars, they, they AW, I love AW, and they do have great stars. I just think that the big names in WWE and the big names in AW, WWE still has the edge, and AW, like, the past few months, they've, I'd say the quality has gone up a lot especially pay-per-views because of Brian Danielson and Punk. But those are former WWE guys. I think AEW still needs to create their own stars. And Hangman's become that. Kenny, obviously. But Kenny was a star from New Japan. And I'm not saying that. I just think some of the stars in the women's and men's division in WWE are a little more polished than ones in AEW. And I think Regal could really... He could be a huge game-changer in that. I think he could bring in... women and men that really could change that and swing the momentum to AW even more so because AW is catching up I'm not saying AW is inferior because they're not I that I, I think it's the better product because the writing's better and the booking is better and the the handling of their stars are better and that makes up for what I think is a talent disparity so I do think there is. I, I think people don't want to admit it, but I think there is. Like, I think if, like a Seth Rollins, I just think there's a lot more top heavy in WWE than it is in AEW. But that's me getting off topic because I just want to say I think William Regal would even narrow the, not just narrow the bridge even more, but really change it to AEW's favor. Because Regal's that good at what he does. Because, like you said, he his mind for the business is really good. And you already got Mark Henry in your company, the big big show that's got it. And I think William Regal is even a greater mind than both of them. So he would definitely be a game changer for their company. One of the biggest signings. Maybe even, like, you could argue if AW signed him, he would be even bigger than CM Punk. In terms of impact not because William Regal's not a wrestler <laughs> behind the scenes his impact I think would could be bigger because 
CM Punk's not behind the scenes. I mean, he is, but he's more so in front of the camera. And I'm just, you know, rambling like my rambling self. Well, let's continue to ramble as we transition to our next topic. So one thing that I had mentioned was it seems like Triple H's original NXT is almost out the door at this point. But the thing about NXT 2.0 is there is a new school of talent who are all phenomenal. There's there's a few guys that you and I have uh, specifically picked out that we want to rank them as members of who we think is the best, who we think is going to be the brightest future, the brightest star, all people who could probably be featured on our young stud stud at spotlight. And we're just going to give you eight of them right here. So our list includes Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy, Von Wagner, Gunnar Harlan, and Trick Williams. Let's start with who you think is at the bottom of this list. Before I start, I just want to say, if you're thinking, oh, a couple people left off, uh, we just wanted to make sure it's eight people we're both really familiar with. So um, Sakoa's not on it, and Zion Quinn are on it. And if you're wondering why, oh, and Andre Chase, Odyssey Jones. Because I feel like Odyssey Johns isn't really being used right now. And Andre Chase is on Andre Chase. <laughs> um, trick, Trick's on it. Why? Because I'm a fucking huge Trick Williams fan. You give me Mellow and Trick. So I'll, let's, I'll get back to it now. I just wanted to disclose that info. Okay. So at the bottom of the list, I have on Wagner. I'm not, I'm not really big on him i'm getting a little more on board but i just think he's so unpolished in the ring got a lot to work with on the mic i don't know he doesn't really draw me in that much like i kind of zone out when von wagner has matches and segments i'm getting a little more interested but just a little bit like i'm still on my phone it's just like my i'm not completely on my phone my head's also looking at the screen at the same time that's my eight um Do you want to just go back and forth, or how do you want to do it? Um, Sure, we can go back and forth. I think I would put Vaughn at the bottom as well for me. I think that I just like most of the other characters more than I like his character as well, too. Um, I'm a big gimmick guy. So, yeah, I mean, the reasons that you stated, I feel like I don't have too much more to add on. So I guess we can just move right on to number seven. For me, it's uh, Gunnar Harland. Now, this is actually Parker Bordeaux was a guy, I'm a big college football fan. He was UCF like uh, guard. And he was getting hyped when he got signed, when he decided, you know, to pursue wrestling instead of go to the draft. I was like, oh, that's cool. And he, had, he before he like shaved his head and like all that stuff, kind of, he, he looked exactly like a little Brock. And he was getting hyped up, like even by Paul Heyman, this is the next Brock Lesnar. Like Paul Heyman was like tweeting about him being like, this is, this is the guy I'm going to be his manager probably in a few years. I thought, yeah, this guy is going to be the star. I think he just changed his look. It's kind of weird. Like, he shaved them. He doesn't talk. He's, he's more of like a big, scary monster man, like a background guy to Joe Gacy right now. And I love Joe Gacy, but I'm not, I'm not big on this Harlem character right now. Hopefully he turns into the monster that I wanted and not the monster that we're given. And that's why he's here right now. Also, he hasn't really had really that much to do in the ring yet because I think he's still developing. Yeah, I we're so far we're two for two. I think I would agree with you there. I think that his look is really good. I like jacked and tattoos. 
I mean, like, I think that that's kind of just like where our society is going towards more nowadays too, of like liking dudes with tattoos who are jacked and, you know, have that look of being a beast, athleticism of being a beast. Like you said, I, I think that his, uh, you know, debut is anticipated or was anticipated. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think that given the the time in NXT is probably going to be really good for him in terms of developing. I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, someone like him taking a lot of time in NXT to really build the character and then transition that to the main roster. Definitely is a guy that I see WWE investing a lot in, but like kind of like what you were saying, not a lot to show for right now. So I think for right now, he's towards the bottom of this list. For me, it started to get a little tougher because I think the next the next six for me were a little closer mm-hmm. um, because I'm a lot higher on trick than everyone else's. I am. But um, yeah, so my next guy is actually Joe Gacy. Uh, this was a little tough. Like I said, like the him and the two people above him were all very close for me. I think... Joe Gacy, I think like three years ago was the first time I went to like a live show. It was Evolve. It was Joe Gacy and Eddie Kingston versus the Street Profits for a tag title match. It was one of the matches in the card. And Joe Gacy really impressed me in that match. Of course, Eddie Kingston and the other two did as well. Um, so I do like Joe Gacy a lot. In-ring-wise, in NXT, hasn't been up to what I, th- I know he could do. But Character-wise and Mike-wise, this character, the PC bro, like the but a weird PC bro, like it's a mix of like a, it kind of gives me like a cult, like kind of magical, like Bray Wyatt vibe, but also like this PC bro, like it's a weird fusion. It's a unique character that I think a lot of people just don't like because it's like really out there. But I'm digging, and I think he does a great job with it. Like he does great character work. He's gonna like. Um, I do like him a lot. I think it's mainly his in-ring work and he's not getting pushed to the amount of the guys that are ahead of the list that he's down for me. And also sometimes, sometimes I'm not high on the character and sometimes I am like, it's a weird character that we've never seen before. And it's like, I'm still getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. So that's where we're at, Joe Gacy. Yeah. I'm going to have to actually put Trick next for me. I'm sorry that he's probably lower on my list than he's probably anywhere close to on your list. But the thing about Trick for me compared to all these other guys is kind of like what you're saying is character to me. Like, I mean, granted, great punchlines, definitely has the gift of jab. I think that he is definitely a, one of the brightest young stars NXT has right now. I think that his stock is rising. His sun is going to crest over the horizon soon enough. but. For right now, I'm I'm gonna put him towards the bottom of this list. Actually, I'll I'll give my next. My next was gonna be Joe Gacy. I actually was thinking between the two who was gonna go above the other, but kind of like what you were saying, I like characters. I think that the characters for me are just that little bit more, a little bit higher, especially somebody who seems to have control of their character. And kind of like what you're saying, it's a character we've never really seen before. And I like, I like the weird shit. I love weird shit characters. I love the Bray Wyatt. I love Undertaker. Uh, I can see myself being a Joe Gacy guy coming down the line. That's fair enough. And um, 
we'll, we'll get back to Trick in a little bit. Uh, next guy on my last list is uh, Grayson Waller. I, I feel like I'll probably get some backlash from people that I know because um, everyone's on the Grayson Waller thing. I'm starting to warm up to him after – I mean, he tacked my boy Johnny Gagano, but that's being biased. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd say that definitely started to push his little star power. And um, I know a lot of people talking about, like, he was the star of War Games. I, I guess I have to watch back the men's War Games match because from watching it, I, I didn't think he was. I, I thought he was really good, but I didn't really remember him really setting him apart from everyone else. So I guess I have to rewatch that because a lot of people are like, yeah, he was a star in that match. Um, I'm excited to see what he does with AJ Styles next week. I think that will maybe push him up the list more because his mic skills and character work in this new like top heel character of NXT, the most hated man of NXT, kind of like it's, it seems it's really good, but also seems like he's kind of just parodying MJF, <laughs> which also leaves a sour taste in my mouth. So I'm not completely sold on him like other people are. I think a lot of people are, like really impressed with the inner work and the character. Um, I think there's definitely potential. I definitely see it. I'm just not as high as everyone else is. I almost had him behind Joe Gacy, but I think he's shown me a little bit more in the ring than Joe Gacy in terms of NXT. If I'm talking overall, like like I said, I was a fan of Joe Gacy and in Indies. So overall, I definitely have Joe Gacy ahead of him. But um, I have Waller ahead of Gacy. I have Waller at the spot. And maybe he'll rise up after this AJ Styles match. We'll see. That's where I have Waller. See, now my next one I feel like you're going to be surprised with. I would put Tony D'Angelo next for me. And that's just because, again, I think the character is fucking phenomenal. I think that it's so unique and refreshing to see a character that we've never really seen before on television being like the mobster, Italian, godfathery kind of uh, character. But I, I, I just worry that at some point the novelty is going to wear off. And I just worry at some point the in-ring work is not going to get as good as the character is. Or... I don't know. Have you watched his matches recently? He's some of the most unique suplexes I've ever seen. Like him and Pete done like some of the cat suplexes. I'm like, I've never seen a suplex like that. Like I think Tony could end up being the best in-ring wrestler of all eight of these guys. Well, that's that I'll get back to Tony later. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I'm no, you know I, I'm a big Tony guy. I like it. No, I personally I think that the three guys that I'm gonna put ahead of him, I would rather see in the ring. I mean, granted, I love Tony D'Angelo. I love Tony D'Angelo. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I don't like him because he definitely is one of my favorite. I think that he is definitely like on the cusp. I just worry at some point that the novelty is gonna wear off. That's the only reason why I didn't put him higher than somebody like like Grayson or whoever else is left on this list that I won't spoil yet. All right. So uh, next on mine is uh, Trick. Uh, why do I Trick up this high? When he is the big reason why Mello is Mello don't miss right now. Like on the debut NXT tomorrow, he was the catalyst to turn Mello heel. And he's just really elevated Mallow to a level that is just top tier right now. And I don't think Trick gets enough credit for that. And I think Trick can go in the ring more than, you know, he just hasn't really had much of a chance to show that yet. 
his character is really great. He's a great talker. Um, also, I remember the that little like I can't call it a match. The little like in Loomis' house when him and Mello were like trying to find the belt back, and just his little screams of terror and just his acting in that were hilarious. I was dying laughing. I love Trick. I love his like Dexter Loomis terrified scream. Um, yeah, I just find him funny. I think he's good. I think he can get a serious edge to him too. Also, he's a local guy. He's a chaotic guy. Like, I have a little loyalty to him there as well. well I'm not chaotic guy, but he has shown up in chaotic. He's a local guy. Yeah, and he's a promising young talent, and I think he's going to develop into his own star. And people are going to be really surprised because I think he's going to eclipse some of the guys that most others hold in a higher regard. Yep, so that's that's my uh, fourth, my number four. I'll, I'll eat my words if that is true, because I, I do think, again, that he is definitely coming on the horizon. But I like you said, there's, there isn't enough in ring work right now for me to be like, yes, that's the guy, especially compared to the top three for me. So I'm going to put Grayson Waller at three. I... I maybe it's I I think it's more anticipation why he's my number three like compared to Tony D'Angelo. We three or four. I'm at three. I I skipped you because I did Joe Gacy right uh right after I did Trip oh. Williams because I I I had them really close to each other. I I was gonna flip flop for a second when you said it, but I wanted to not bury Trick, but I wanted to put Joe Casey's character a little bit higher um but yeah I put Grayson Waller next I like douchebags I like the douchebag heels like there's there's not enough of those in wrestling I feel like right now I mean I feel like every major company has one right now WWE has the Miz uh AEW has MJF and NXT has Grayson Waller and I feel like they do very well against faces and I kind of like having AJ Styles being a face again personally because face AJ Styles is like up there for me man it's nostalgic. I do. It is. Like, like first WWE championship run AJ Styles. Like, give me that man back in WWE. Yeah, I, I think that Grayson is going to have his stock elevated with AJ. Again, maybe it's anticipation. Maybe it's, you know, I'm getting too big for my britches or thinking he's too big for his britches. But I do think that he's going to deliver. And I think that come, come the following weeks after his match with AJ, we are going to be singing his praises a little bit more. I think that he will find his way on your list a little bit higher. I mean, I, I didn't know that, so we'll see. I, I can definitely see it happening. I look for it. I mean, I am really, as I said already, safe for his match of styles. All right, we'll go to my three. My three is the new NXT champion, Braun Breaker. People are probably surprised that he's three. I think I needed a lot to be sold. His first match at Halloween Havoc, well, the title match um, against Ciampa, that really got me in the wagon because I was still waiting for a match. I, I'm like, I still need a one-on-one match. See what he can do in a big situation like that in a main event situation. And he delivered. And the match he had he, Tuesday, two days ago, he delivered even more. Like, he keeps getting better. In War Games, he was really good, too. Um, I love, you know, the, the look. He's got the look. He's that stereotypical big man, Jack D look. Is that like intensity? I love the yells. Um, I love the acknowledgement of the past, the Steiners, because he's part of the Steiner family. There's not really much bad to say about it. I still think he needs to grow in the ring, but he is growing, and he's growing at a noticeable rate. And for a big guy, he's pretty versatile. He's not the most versatile big man wrestler I've seen, but he's very good. And I think storytelling wise, 
in the ring, he's get better, but he is he does have those nuances that he throws in that go unnoticed or underrated at points. So I am I am impressed with and that's all I have to say for Breaker as my number three in this list. So I want you to go with your number two because I don't want to reveal my number one just yet because I'm curious if we have the same number one. Okay. My number two is Tony D'Angelo. I'm all in, in this character. I think his storytelling in his matches, like the nuances, thing, decision he does, the things he says in matches just are perfect. And also, I think I think of these eight, I think he's the best in the ring because he does needs. I'm a big catch wrestling guy, and that's his style. And he does catch wrestling moves that are unique. Kind of reminds me of a Gulak or Brian, like these inventive moves that you don't really see. And he's he's really impressive. He's always getting better. And his little feud with Pete Dunn's really exciting. And I know everyone talks about Waller being the breakout star in the NXT War Games match. I, th- I, I thought Tony impressed me most of the guys, to be honest. I thought him and Johnny Gargano were my favorite parts of that match. Not like with each other. I'm just saying like, you know, two guys I, I liked watching the most in that match. I think D'Angelo is a total package that's only going to keep getting better. And I'm excited to see what the future holds with him. And I think if, I think if, like what you said, if the character gets stale, I think he's a creative and smart enough guy to change it to make it not stale, to freshen up, make it more relatable. I think, I, I, I believe this guy, because this guy has shown me nothing but good things so far. So I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to change it if it needs to be changed. And say what you want to get about WWE Creative, but there's a lot of people in the helm, even though they released one of the most talented guys to help young talent grow, they still have guys that can both, you know, wrestlers and, um, background talent that can help him create a new character if need be. But I don't think it's going to be need be because I, I love the gangster character. I don't think it's something I'll get sick of. Hopefully they can freshen up so that most people feel the same way. Like I said, I'm, I'm willing for him to change my mind. But for right now, I just think I put everybody else just the teeniest bit higher. And speaking of putting people higher, uh, our number, my number two is going to be Braun Breaker. For the reasons that you said, I mean, he's a stud. Started wrestling in February of 2021. Dude has less than a year of wrestling under his belt, and he's the fucking champion of NXT 2.0. Like, that to me is just insane. I think it's really impressive. I think that his work in the ring is getting better. I think that his character work is awesome. I think his look is fucking phenomenal, by the way. Like, I know I know Vince McMahon is a big, like, oh, I like my big beefy men. And you know me, I like my beefy men, too. But, like, I think that he is going to be a guy that you will see. I don't want to say headlining a WrestleMania, but probably with a WrestleMania match with a guy like a Roman Reigns or a Seth Rollins one day. Like I do not doubt that at all, that he could have that sort of potential. Yeah, I don't doubt that either. Dude's definitely starting to making. And the fact that him and Gunnar Harlan started on the same time and he's a, came a lot quicker in his um, progression is just crazy. Um, he's a fast learner. He's definitely a little prodigy. And I don't think it'll surprise anybody, considering how big of chaotic fans we are, how big of Massachusetts, New England pro wrestling we are fans of. And I'll say it for both of us. Our number one is Carmelo Hayes. 
juice sweat take it away i know you have so much to say about this Melo don't miss man like every time he's on tv he just takes my breath away um great wrestler like him and roddy had just a banger two nights ago uh you had that triple threat with dunn and gargano the dudes he's funny he can get serious he is just a great talker that great charisma uh, he's from uh, Massachusetts, so the state of winners, uh, state champions. So, you know, it's just, he's a born champion. And the dude just just ended the legacy of the Cruiserweight title because, you know, because he's just bigger than it and he's just better. And he's the greatest North American champion of all time. And uh, I will I will not argue with that because he is. <laughs> just kidding, but not really. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to add. I mean, one thing for me, especially, too, is talking with the amount of people we have about, you know, people who are still in chaotic wrestling in in the New England Indies. You hear so many people drop two names, Anthony Green and Christian Casanova, who is now known as Carmelo Hayes. I mean, and you can tell even just from watching some of their old matches, more specifically Carmelo, um, you know, he, he has always had it, always had great character work, controls himself in the ring able to go, able to talk, able to be mellow. Mellow, don't miss, like you said, Juice. And yeah, I I do not doubt that within the next calendar year, we would see Hayes with another championship and probably holding that championship for a pretty long time. Yeah. In my eyes, when he says he's the A champion, to me, he is the A champion. Sorry, Breaker. If you want to drink every time we say mellow, don't miss in that last segment, um, and just take a shot uh, definitely do it <laughs> yeah just go listen to it back and then 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 we'll go yeah. we will move on to our fantasy booking segment how would you book them where we strap on our fantasy booking hats for storyline dreams and so a writing team will hire us this week juice you brought the fantasy book to the table and originally we had it written one way but after last night as we record tonight on thursday uh that has changed because the situation was going to be an if but now it is a when or a how and your question that you brought up and i'll let you go first here how would you book the jade cargill tbs title reign yeah i'll, I'll start the ball so she's the champ, as we already mentioned earlier. She definitely is deserving. I'd say if I'm booking her, I, I want a year at least, 365 days as champ. Very dominant, but also I don't want her running from challenges or being like, oh, I'm too good to wrestle too much, you know. I'd, I'd like her to really up her work rate in this reign because I think – she still needs to develop in the ring. Like, she's getting good. And I think she's definitely a star, great character. And um, definitely a lot of things that impressed me in the ring. But I think she still needs to grow. And I think the best way to grow is wrestle. <laughs> wrestle lots of matches. So I do like a like a heel version of open challenges. Like, you know, I can be anyone at any given time. So, like, give her a big streak of constant matches. And maybe even give us, like, title matches on dark for once we don't really see that and um have her wrestle on there like a sky blue versus jade cargo for the title as the main event of aw dark and 
give them at least 10 minutes and give her some, and also start to give her some long, longer matches at some point when she gets comfortable. And for more of a creative standpoint, I'd say you keep that winning streak alive and not just in singles matches. I think a lot of people, when they have winning streaks, they'll take pins and tag matches, three and three tag matches to six, uh, to set up feuds and stuff like that. Or, you know, cause they eventually have to lose. I'd say, no, not even do that. Even don't put her in the tag matches or if she's in the tag matches. Don't let her take pins. If you're going to have her team lose, even then I wouldn't even have her team lose. I say, keep like her winning all the time, like tag matches, single matches, make her unstoppable, make her, she's that bitch though. Let her run her show and really go into TBS being a that bitch show gimmick. Really, I'd go full into it. More merch, more the gimmicks, get Sterling more involved in her reign too. And really, um, cause he's a good talker. And I think as a manager, he needs to talk more cause you and really elevate that and be, I want to turn her into a Lesnar. That's what I want. I want her to be TBS's, the TBS champion version of Brock Lesnar. And I want a Sterling be a mini little Heyman. I'm not saying he's good as Heyman. He's not. No one is. <laughs> but I do think he can get her over in the same level in the same way. And hmm, I'd say eventually who would take the belt off her because we'll end my little um, part. I say Red Velvet would be suiting. But for me, I think I'd go Anna J. I think Anna J. Queen Slayer ends the new queen. Because I think Book, Booker is not just, you know, the queen of that bitch show, but the queen of TBS. The new queen of AEW. Because she's just unstoppable. And have the Queen Slayer end her ring. It's so funny because so many like bits and pieces of yours are like the same as mine, but my timeline is just different. <laughs> okay. I really like that though. I think that everything you said was, like I said, a lot of it kind of coincided with what I was thinking. Like you let her gloat, you let her go out on TV, same thing, you know, that bitch show queen, yada, 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 tell her that she's the true queen. The true queen is here. And then that's when Anna J comes out. I say Anna J is her first opponent. Because it's going to be kind of her first big, you know, I feel like that's that's a big Anna J getting her first real spot in the limelight moment as the Queen Slayer, especially too. having that feud get pretty personal and pretty deep and dark and, and very violent, I think can get Tay Conti involved. You know, at that point, you can give Jade kind of her first like gimmicky def defense of a title. And I think that, you know, you can have Tay Ty. I know I call her Tay, but I, I can't help calling her Tay. You know, have her kind of have a safe loss in a sense. You know, I know I don't really want her to be losing on TV too much, along with Anna Jay as well. But I feel like I want Jade to go over both. And I am sorry to you, Juice, for that, because I know that they're both two of your favorites. Anna Jay also is definitely one of my favorites. Um, but actually, it's funny because I literally have written down, have her defend on Dark once or twice. <laughs> and I I have her opponents, somebody like a Willow Nightingale, uh, just like a Hoss woman battle or one of the, um, I don't know if she signed with, with AEW, but I know that she had a match on Elevation recently and that's Megan Bain. I, again, you and I are, okay, I thought I saw a rumor that she might have signed. 
yeah, I think she might eventually, but I don't think she's officially signed yet. Gotcha. That might have just been a weird rumor I saw then. But yeah, so I and again, you and I, big New England indie fans. I've seen her wrestle so often in person with Chaotic, with Beyond. I think that she's a really, really good athlete. I think that she could really go in the ring. I think their styles would mesh really well. And then, you know, like you like kind of like you're saying, I'd have her go on a long run. I think that she's a good enough kind of like talker and she's legit enough where she doesn't really need anybody else. So I think that I wouldn't really have her kind of paired up with anybody. But, you know, I, I still have her be a bad bitch. Um, but what I say for her ending her reign, and I'm hoping, again, it's also a pretty lengthy one, is I would have it go full circle to have Ruby be the one to take it off of her. I think that it would be a fun little story to tell too, you know, having Ruby kind of have to like work her way back up and kind of get back to being on Jade's level, you know, this and that. Um, but I, I think it would be fun to see Ruby take it off of her and kind of just, I, I, AEW does really good with kind of telling long stories over a period of time and finishing it very well coming full circle. So that's kind of one of those situations. And hopefully that's, either ruby's first title or her title after she gets an eventual aw women's title run i think she's getting the aw title because it seems like right after riho and brit finish it's brit and ruby and i think ruby wins this time but um yeah that's getting a little off topic but i like that and i do ruby would you know i, I want to see golden ruby so if that's the way to get golden ruby i love that i do love you again um ty and uh Tai Tay. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I don't think you're wrong. I like commentate, even the like commentary team, <laughs> everyone says it different. Um, say Tai and Anna J being in like a, a back back feuds, like connecting feuds. That that'd be cool. And I definitely would love that as a fan of both. I think it would be really good and it would be a good way to put over your three young uh, I'd say three, yeah, three young pillars in the women's division. Jade Cargill, I'm interested to see what Tony Khan has planned for her reign, how long it is. Because if TBS title is a secondary woman's title, like I know he always says the TNT title isn't sec it isn't a mid-card belt, but it is. And like usually it's shorter reigns. I'm curious if the plan is the TBS woman's title to also be like that, have shorter reigns. We're not going to see like really getting past six month reigns for that belt i hope so because i want jade jade to have a one year reign and you want a long reign too yeah, yeah i saw somebody's i saw somebody say that she should have like a miro-esque reign in the sense of be dominant win a lot of matches and then drop it to a fan favorite which i wouldn't be upset with yeah not nah, definitely definitely like that um i mean that's why why I have Anna Jay being the one because that's definitely a fan favorite, and Ruby is as well. Those definitely fit that. You know, our scenarios fit with the, you know, what you saw, and it's usually YC too. And to close out the show tonight, we talked a lot about underrated wrestlers, wrestlers who have a lot of stock getting built up in the wrestling world for them. And we just wanted to shout out some underutilized wrestlers. We're going to have a little draft, a little underrated wrestler draft, where we are each going to have five. We're going to go back and forth between each other, picking five. And when we say underrated, uh, we mean more underutilized or somebody who we feel is not on TV enough. So I'm going to start with my number one guy. I want to start with my number one. And I think that it's criminally underrated that Angel Garza angel whatever the fuck you want to call him is not 
used more. That man carried WWE for a good portion of the pandemic era. He did extremely well. His character is awesome. He talks so well. His in-ring skill is amazing, beautiful, does so well. And I don't want to say he's stuck in a tag team with Umberto, but I don't see them becoming anything major big. I just see them kind of both. I don't again, I don't want to say stuck, but it just seems like they're stuck with each other. And that's because they're cousins. They're related. WWE likes putting people who are related together. I think that Angel Garza is a criminally underrated wrestler right now, criminally underrated wrestler within WWE as a whole. And if WWE wants to start having some diversity, I think that Angel Garza is a great start for them. That was one of my my picks, but he's off the board. I'll just go with someone I really like. Um, Someone, I know this might seem kind of weird choice because she was just in a big match on Friday. Um, She was in that tag team hardcore match in AEW. But... I think it's someone that should have been uh, AW Women's Champion or in the title picture more often already. She was a huge star in Impact. She's, I think, one of the best. I think she, you could argue her being the best character worker in all on all women's wrestling, and one of the best in wrestling in general. And that's Allie. I think the Bunny Allie doesn't get enough credit for how good she is in the ring, how good of a worker she is how talented she is. I think she's someone that should be in the top of the card and she's more so in the middle or not really used at all or just using the manager. And like, she was like, there was such a huge gap in AW where she was just a manager and she wasn't really wrestling at all, but she was healthy. She could have. And then there was like a gap where even as the bunny, she wasn't really being used. And they kept like changed. It didn't seem like they knew what to do with her. They're starting to use her now, but still... Still not enough. I still think she qualifies as being underutilized because I think she's that damn good. Like, I think a person that should be almost weekly or mentioned if she's not in it because I know they only have so much TV time. They can't put everyone in. I do think she's one of their most talented women. I think she's in the top five in AEW and talented in the women's division. I think she should be treated as such. So that's my number one pick. That's fair. I mean, that match that she had last week was incredible. I mean, it's, and I love the visual of her bloody face and everything too. Like, I don't know. You can't, you can't see that match. You can't see her afterwards and think like, okay, yeah. yeah, Like what are we missing with this chick? Yeah. Hers looked like gore. Like I know Ty had a bloody face too, but hers looked more like painted on kind of like fakish. I'm not saying she didn't get hurt. I'm just like, I'm just saying it didn't, didn't look as like Allie. It looked scary. Yeah, like it looked badass. Like I was, yeah. like it almost had like the Becky Lynch bloody nose vibe in a sense of like that's just a badass fucking look right there. Yeah, and she is a badass. She doesn't get enough crush how badass she is. But that's my number one pick. Um, I don't want to do it like a swing. Do I get another one? Yeah, we'll we'll do snake. We'll let you snake. I think for this, I'm going WWE. I'm going with someone who's been in the company forever. Someone that was when he first started he was in high caliber with guys like batista like as a when he came out like first debut people said he was one of the big five rookies with john cena and batista but he's never made that world title like level and right now he's just treated as a veteran who's barely on tv shoved in tag teams i think he's a great worker and 
one of my favorites like to watch ever and that's Shelton Benjamin like that dude's so good at wrestling he just doesn't get enough credit and he's a veteran he's still fucking good he's still he's not as good as he was in those money the bank days in the 2000s but he's still damn good he can still go yeah that's that's actually a really great pick was not on my list of people i was hoping to get but I, I really agree with that. I mean, Shelton X Benjamin, I mean, you can even just go back and look at his work in New Japan. I mean, awesome. Like, great character, great ability to just finally, like, you know, take the chains off and go. And he really did that. And I think WWE has given him, like, spurts of it. Like, he was great with Team Angle. Like, when he first came on the scene, like, that was awesome. Like, like you know, uh, what, they were World's Greatest Tag Team, right? That's what they were called. Yeah. That's after Team Angle. I thought him and Charlie Haas, too, both had a lot to prove, and WWE just never really gave him the ball. I mean, yeah, Shelton had Intercontinental titles and was the gold standard and arguably has one of the best theme songs of all time. But at some point, you need wins. At some point, you need, you know, more. And I, I do agree with you. Definitely one of those guys WWE dropped the ball with. Now, who I thought you were going to say is who I'm going to pick next, because you can't have a list of underrated wrestlers without talking about Cesaro. So Cesaro, the Swiss Superman, Antonio Cesaro, you know, Claudio, I, this man is so underused and so underrated. I cannot believe that he never got a Seamus treatment in the sense of, you know, being able to be a transitional champion, you know, being the style that he wrestles, how flashy his style can be, that he is consistently called the pound for pound strongest man in wwe yet the only thing he's ever accomplished outside of a couple tag team reigns in a u.s title run or two is that he won the andre the giant memorial battle royale which we all know means nothing sorry that might be a really hot take but literally winning the andre the giant memorial battle royale means nothing legitimately nothing might as well have won the greatest royal rumble at that point too so yeah that's that's my cesaro rant it's a shame that he never got some shameless treatment in the sense of at least getting a couple, at least one world title run. I mean, hey, he's still in the company. I think he still is in a position where he could he could get one. You know, we could get a Kofi Mania situation where the fans just get behind him enough after one big match and WWE decides to give him the ball. I'm going to go with a sneaky pick here. I'm going to go with one that probably isn't on your radar and one that I think that people should be a little bit more aware of. And that is the true fallen pillar of AEW. And no, it is not Kip Sabian. It is Joey Janela. I think that his match with Sony really showed what Joey can bring to AEW. I think that he is kind of marked right now as like a gimmick match guy. Because, I mean, I'll never forget, and I'm sure you wouldn't either, the match we saw, the first Lights Out match, Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega. That was a really great match. Like, I think Joey held his own against Kenny. Even the wrestling they did, you know, outside of the of the weapon spots was really good. And Joey has a great mind for the business with all of his spring break stuff. You know, the stuff where he was working with Enzo during that whole, like, per period of time that was kind of funny. It's still kind of weird. I I think that Joey is is underrated. I think that his mind for the business is really good. His in-ring ability is what I think a lot of people have underrated for him. And I hope that kind of 2022 gives him an opportunity to, to kind of take a step forward and be like, y'all fucking forgot about me. I'm going to tear some shit up. Um, he actually was on my radar. 
there was a period like or, I mean st- I still love him but um remember like first year in AW well, if you if people ask me who my like three favorite AW wrestlers are my answers were Hangman Sammy Joey Janelle and I still love Joey and he was he was he, he was like a little backup plan for me if some people were drafted and uh, I'll go with my next pick and it is Shinsuke Nakamura surprising and take him um but we all know like he should have been a world champion by now <laughs> ridiculous that isn't um he's he's the intercontinental champion and i don't think he's had a title defense or even title match i'll be honest he wasn't even on my list i i i hate to say i forgot about him i would if you had asked me if who was the intercontinental champion i honestly might not have said shinsuke <laughs> I think that just proves why he's underutilized because he's not someone who should be forgotten because he's so damn good. But yeah, but that's who I'm taking. I'm surprised you forgot about him, but I think that just. No, that, that proves it. That actually really <laughs> fucking proves it. Cause I was a huge Shinsuke mark, especially when he came into WWE for the first time, you know, that match with Sammy was electric. Like I, there is few matches that I put above that one. Honestly, that's definitely t- one of my top five matches ever. Cons- especially knowing the story of like the language barrier they had between each other and that they had like five minutes of conversation before the match actually happened. And it's just a test of both those guys. I would obviously say Sammy, but I do not have Sammy on my list as well. So if you want to take Sammy, that's a little spoiler for you. Um, I actually decided to not even count Sammy because even though I do think he's on underutilized a bit, I do think he's on TV enough and he's used enough that it's it's hard to really count him. My next swing is uh, yeah, think a little bit because I had a guy in mind, but um, I kind of want to change it. I, I am gonna change it. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ricochet. It wasn't who I originally was going to pick, but, um, but yeah, he's obviously underutilized. That's like one of the most frequent tweets you see by fans. Dude's so good in the ring. Um, and I don't think he's the best on the mic, but he is just so phenomenal in the ring. He's so creative, and he definitely should be used a lot more than he is. That was one of my one of my picks on my list, I won't lie. Um, yeah, I agree though. I think Ricochet in NXT when he came on the scene in NXT was really good. I think he's all right enough on the mic. The thing is, the thing about Ricochet is he's a character that I think doesn't shouldn't talk a lot, rather. I, I think if they wanted to lean into the one and only superhero persona, whatever, like make him do more just kick-ass stuff rather than like being coy and childish and then doing nothing with him afterwards. I like Ricochet a lot. I kind of wish I got him, I'll be honest, but sad now that I don't. And yeah, I I completely agree with that one. Ricochet, underrated, like you said. Same thing with Cesaro, too. It's like one of those, you can't have the list without talking about those two guys. So I'm surprised that this guy didn't make your list because I feel like we've talked about this before. Chad Gable. I, again, one of those guys you can't have the conversation without talking about this guy. I thought that, you know, him and Shelton Benjamin, when they were together, were going to be really like a really special thing. I thought that those two were going to have breakout matches against each other once their team broke up. Same thing with Jason Jordan, too. I mean, Chad Gable has always been able to go in the ring. 
I hate to say I can't believe they didn't choose him to be Kurt Angle's Ill- illegitimate son because of some obvious reasons outside of the fact that, you know, he is also an Olympian. But, uh, yeah, I think that Chad got his stock immediately plummeted with the Shorty G stuff. I fucking hated Shorty G. I know that's a very common thing to hate, but, like, Shorty G was fucking awful. Like, it was a joke. It had to be a joke. It had to be a rip. Like, like Chad Gable must have fucking shit in Vince McMahon's cereal, like, that morning he decided to make that his gimmick because it was just awful. Poor. Poorly done. So, yeah, I, I think Chad Gable gets put on my list for sure. Now, for my number five, I have a few people. I don't really know who I want to pick. Because I have, I have like a guy who I said, if I can get him here, he's going to be my number one. But like, I'm, I'm second guessing myself. I'm just going to say him. You know, I'll, I'll say him. And that is Mustafa Ali. I, I've always been a big Mustafa Ali fan. I think that it was sad that Kofi ended up getting his Elimination Chamber spot back in the day because I think that he did have big things on the horizon for him. And I liked the thought of him leading a group like Retribution. They just dropped the ball. It was awful. It was poor. It was a terrible gimmick for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, Mustafa Ali just became the guy who had flashy lights and said weird things on TV. Like, that's not who he is. He's an extremely awesome human being. Somebody, again, from a diversity standpoint, just brings so much to the table. From an in-ring standpoint, can really go. And I think that he's good enough on the mic. I know a lot of people will say that he's not really a good promo or really a good character. But I think that if you give him a believable story, he'll knock it out of the park. And I do truly think that Mustafa Ali is underrated. Um. I'm not the biggest Mustafa Ali fan, to be perfectly honest. I do think, as a heel, he's better in the mic and showing me that he could be good in the mic when given a little more to work with. And he's a guy I would like to see somewhere else to see maybe if, if the problem is WWE. Because it probably is. In-ring-wise, he's very talented. He's a good athlete, but... I'm not the biggest high flyer fan. I think if you're a high flyer, you got to be really diverse with your moveset, like Ricochet or Styles. Like they do things that I don't really see, or Jungle Boy, Rick Phoenix. And Ali does things I've seen um, from high flyers. Like it's, he's just kind of blends for me. But like I said, if he goes somewhere else, he totally proved me wrong. And there was times when he was a heel and the mic that he did prove that he did have a mic ability. Because I used to think he was probably the worst person in the mic ever. Because <laughs> I thought his face was just bad. But then he just proved that it was just because he didn't really have much to work with. So just give him some work with. I'm sure he could prove me wrong. In terms of in-ring, maybe he just needs to be given more time in the ring and different opponents. We'll see. Um, or maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then before I get the final pick, I just want to say Chad Gable. I didn't include Chad Gable in mine because I feel like right now he is starting to get pushed. Like, he had that little, like, him and Riddle had that really, like, I guess because it was quick, you could say, yeah, he's still unutilized because I was like a, what, six minute, like, six minute, like, barn burner. That should have been like 15 minutes. And his, his the Elf Academy feud, okay, bro, is really fun. And like, I don't know why they didn't have the title match in WWE day one. Maybe that's maybe I am just <laughs> giving you know reasons for why he should be underutilized. But yeah, I, I said it because he wasn't pushed. That's why he wasn't on that list. 
So I'll go my final guy. I wanted to mix up no WWE or AEW guy. I was going to do, I was going to do WWE. I was going to do Drew Gulak because uh, I think he's underutilized, but that'll be a little honorable mention. The person I'm going to mention is Roki Raju from Impact. He is my favorite wrestler on Impact. I know it's not a guy that you're not familiar with, but he is just so good. Like, I, I compare him to Sami Zayn. I think that's why I like him, because he's that sneaky, cowardly heel that's just... His understanding of ring psychology is top tier, like Sami Zayn. Like, he knows what to do in situations and little nuances to make up for maybe physical limitations, but I don't really, I don't, I think he's better in the ring than he thinks he is. He, he, like, he works out, like, every day, like, three times a day, like, dude's a student in the game, works his ass off and shows. He's one of the best talkers ever. I remember last year, like, exactly a year ago, because it's almost um, my birthday, well, you know, uh, I bought myself a cameo for Hiroshi, <laughs> was a birthday present to myself, because I'm sad. Um, yeah, and it was just great. It was a little promo, and it was sick, and he's so good. And I just wanted to mention it because I do think he's a guy that should be in the upper card at this point. Like he was the he was the X division champion like a year ago, and now he's just kind of just like throwing the feuds. And like he had to put over Chelsea Green, kept rolling up and beating him, and now he's like being used as like a manager. And I'm not liking that. Give me more Rohit. Uh, you can't defeat Rohit. Rohit is the brightest sun in the sky, as he says. <laughs> All right. Well, that will end our little draft. Do you have any honorable mentions? Anybody left in your list that you didn't have? I can't. Uh, so there was one that I didn't really think should count. So that's why I didn't draft him. I was going to draft him with Sir Ricochet. That's Samojo. <laughs> uh, another guy. I feel like I'm missing someone. AEW was on my list. I was going to say Sonya Deville too, but in the same breath as Samoa Joe. It's like, you can say that, yeah, but at the same time, you're you know, a little bit of an authority figure. She was on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi too, but I've, I've never been the biggest fan of Naomi, but she was on my list. Like Just like a, a bunch of like, people were like, taking out. I was like, you know, like because I wanted to say at least uh, one woman wrestler. So lots of women wrestlers are underutilized. Uh, oh, um, this is weird because she's going to push an AEW right now and have a feud with the former champion, but I say Serenity. <laughs> you know, I think of Serenity. Like, she should have been pushed a while ago. And she's someone that I think could elevate a title as well. Like, I, I think she should have made it further in the um, tournament. I think she should have been in the semifinals. I think Deeb is just so fucking good. <laughs> All right, well, if you have any underrated wrestlers that we did not mention tonight, you should let us know on social media. And Juice, where can the people find us? Yeah, and Twitter, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase o, lowercase d, Instagram, T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-D, all lowercase letters. That's where you can find us. But um, before we go, I just actually want to bring one little quick news thing um, that actually came up today, like right before the record, I meant to say before the podcast about, but I kind of just remember right now. Walter will have his last stand on NST UK next week. 
So I'm thinking, I, I just have a quick question for Bill. We'll just keep it simple, and then we'll, you know, end the episode. Bill, is he going to the NXT or is he going to the main roster? What do you think's next for him now that he is no longer part of UK? Well, if you remember, during our WWE draft episode, I picked Walter to come to the main roster. And, and I, although <laughs> what? And then I traded for him. And then you traded for him. Right. So I would like to see him, although I think that he has some work to do with Imperium. I think Imperium would be great as a faction. I think that they could run NXT, but I think if, if NXT 2.0 is really trying to go away from you know old NXT style, I don't think Walter really fit in there anymore. But I mean, you can throw him right on the main roster, have him come to the Royal Rumble, you know, have him tear up, you know, have him throw somebody out that he can have a feud with. I that's that's how I've always really liked Royal Rumble for new debuts and stuff like that. Even like an AJ Styles too, you know. I know Kevin Owens threw him out, but he AJ Styles threw out Chris Jericho, you know, and that's when their Y two AJ thing kind of came about from. So I I would like to see Walter go main roster debut at the Rumble, have him throw out a guy or have him be thrown out by a guy or have him and a guy wrestle and then another you know heel just fucking flips him over the top rope and yeah I think he's gonna go main roster. I agree. I think with direction 2.0, I think that match that he had with Matt Riddle, the, the three-on-three match two days ago where it's Imperium versus MSK and Riddle, I think that was also kind of a send-off from NXT as well. Just they didn't market it as Walter's last stand. Um, and that was a banger. And I'm excited. I really hope in the main roster he's used right because, you know, that Survivor Series where he was eliminated in like three minutes scary and I, I, I you know i just i hope they're listening to the fans because the fans love him and he's so fucking good and he is a champion he one of the best in-ring performers i've ever seen so push him i just want to go to a wb show and go oh, 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 oh. i just want to sing his name so <laughs> yeah, I just want to stand up like and with a hand behind the back. <laughs> just sing the song. All right. But as we do on top of the cage, as we come crashing down to the mat, we want to thank you all for tuning in. And as always, we will catch you next time.